Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Lock In Podcast. It is cold outside and it's even colder in the Lockhart Tavern because the owners of Cheapskates who won't put the heating on. Speaking of said owners, despite the freezing conditions, remain full of hot air. I'm once again joined by my co-hosts Heath Ball and James Cuthbertson. Heath has won many plaudits, and with his new venture into French cuisine, he was hoping to bag himself a Michelin star. Sadly, the judges thought his food was crap. <laughs> oh, man. At least you, at least it gives your text to his wife right now. <laughs> James, however, was once described as like a lighthouse in the desert, bright but not a lot of use. <laughs> I'll take bright. I'll take bright, yeah, that's yeah. probably probably over generous that isn't it so don't forget to subscribe to the podcast using the buttons on the home page like share and leave your comments and thoughts and we'll try and work on the jokes in the meantime this issue we're going to be focusing on teams and people and looking at a range of areas to help you manage your teams during this ongoing crisis and even speaking to special guest jamie campbell from cpl learning he'll be giving some tips on keeping training up to date despite the closures before we kick off, though, let's have a look at the past week and how things have been shaping up for the guys. So, you two, what's uh, what's been cooking? Crepes. Crepes, yes. Crepes. I've yeah. gone into the crepe business. Um, how is that? It's, it's interesting. You know, I'm not, I'm not a massive pancake fan or crepe fan. So, um, turning the bottle shop into a creperia, as a new word for me in my vocabulary, um, has been interesting. And I realise that you, you Brits really do love to queue... 40 minutes for flour, eggs and water um, and a bit of milk sorry um, so we've discovered what the French have discovered uh, many years ago then is that what you're saying well that you like queuing like queuing for flour, eggs and water yeah. so this is a very French kind of thing yeah it? I don't know man it, like, and then, I know and, you're not cultured or travel but you know you've got to talk me through Nutella what is that like seriously <laughs> Well, like, the, the, you know, kids walk up and go, oh, Nutella. So I had to research what Nutella was. And it, it, it was an Italian gray, is it? It's Italian backlash to the chocolate wars that happened in the 1800s because cacao came really expensive. So the Italians decided to make Nutella. Yeah. Gee, anyone still I listen? mean, that's a fascinating <laughs> fact. I mean, I, I know when I say to you, you know, think of things that are interesting to say uh, for this podcast. Uh. I thought it was interesting, but yeah. So I'm, I'm doing crepes out of the out of the shed at the Red Lion, and it's um, it, yeah, it's a lot of work for uh, you know not much money, but it keeps all the staff out of prison. And have you mastered the art of the uh, the crepe now? Are you? Uh... I have. I go, Palo. Can you make another one for the lady over there, please? <laughs> so palm it off on the staff, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, so yeah, yeah. How about you, James? What have you been up to? I've been researching Marmite actually this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> And found that they try to create something that some people would hate and some people would love. It's, no, but it's, a, it's, it's the yeast left over from beer production. Yeah. Oh. That's how it originally came about. I was just about to get onto that. Really? Oh. Just steal this thunder heat. Oh, sorry, oh, mate. Yeah. What about Bob from? No, that's not Vegemite. Vegemite. Oh, I mean, Vegemite that's like. just pointless, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a down under really, kind of obviously. thing. I mean, it was National Australia Day the other day, Heath, wasn't it? So yeah. did you enjoy I'm, your... Um, I'm from New Zealand, yeah. I, um, I know it's a bit different. Um, I thought it was just generally Antipodean. Oh, no, you yes, Welsh people always get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, not a lot, really. No, no. Peeing potatoes. Excellent. So, I mean, the, the, the things we've obviously been ticking over in the news, hospitality has been in and out of the headlines. We've got, again, speculation on speculation on opening. Um, what's the latest one is going to be May. I mean... Oh, yeah. Seriously, if they open us on May the 4th and we have to listen to May the 4th jokes be with you, I think I will lose my shit. 
I, I, is that your is that your one and only pressing concern can, about yeah, being shut down yeah, until my, May? My is crap jokes. Well, let's just, let's be honest. Like like we all go. It's almost like they leak it, and we all go no, and then we 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 accept it. Like you know, like what do we but hold on? You could be like that mad lot opening up on the thirtieth of January. I thought we weren't going to talk about that. We're not. No, we're not. We are now, aren't we? Um, I don't. Oh yeah. Yeah. But Sorry. Like, but let's let's be like what man? We have got another four months. Like what date in May are we opening? At the end of May, beginning of May, we're opening the May Bank Holiday. Are we going to open with restrictions? You were saying earlier. Yeah, we're going to be on tiers. You know, like you it's know. May though, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be May. Yeah. I mean, that's the bottom. But line. you know, come on, how many operators? You know, like. Seriously, the time you open, say you sacked all your staff, right? We'll come on to that later, but mm. with furlough and all that, you got rid of everybody. So you've got an empty house, you've got to get a whole new team or some of the original team back. You've got to train them, you've got to get them engaged. They've all yeah, been sitting on their ass watching Netflix. They're all a bit depressed, and you've got to get them engaged and, and pretend the world's okay and happy as the customers walk on the door. Bloody hell. Do you know? I'm sounding quite English there. Bloody hell. God, bloody hell. God, blimey, mister. <laughs> he has been here for six years. Spoonful of sugar. <laughs> Um, I mean, I suppose, listen, with with all this that's going on, I mean, is is hospitality being listened to at the moment? No! Has I mean, it, it's... It, we're getting, Where's we our hospitality no minister? Traction. Where's all this shit? Like, they, they spend all these times making these silly little videos for Instagram. Where's our hospitality minister? No, but Boris dare, is thinking about it. But I dare say, nor is travel, nor is general retail. I just think there's a general... It's become a them and us, which is really sad, but, but that's... The way of it, the way it is, you know. I mean, you do feel, don't you? I mean, it's, it, if they're going to open up non-essential retail in April, but keep us closed, I mean, it makes no sense. You've had story out this week, uh, in fact, today, you know that um, health experts, public health experts, mm. have turned around and said, you know, hospitality was not the hotspot that it was being claimed to be. Mm. You know, and they, I mean, it would have been lovely if they'd been saying that back in September and October mm. before mm. we uh, basically got blamed for everything, but. It was never it, substantiated it, anyway. Well, it? no, it wasn't. And these guys are now coming out and saying, actually, no, hospitality is safe. I think it's, about, I think it's something about control with this government. In, in, if they've got us all locked down, pubs and restaurants are shut, it's about control. And it's about people not being drunk in the streets, having massive parties, and not everyone just going into, like, you know, end of World War Two, VE Day, going crazy. I think they know they'll get things open slowly, and then... Once they once they open open the door, it's all over. They know they're mm. not going to be able to control it. So I think they get us through to May, and then go. They, I think they just want to get us there and sigh, you know, do a sigh of relief and just watch it, you know, because it's going to go crazy. Mm. You know those that I mean? make it through. I mean, you know, obviously like, wow. loans are getting repaid now. I mean, that, well, they're due. Those who took their um, the impact grants yep. to start with. Now there'll be the anniversary year anniversaries up. So. Mm. Whether they can pay them or not, but you know, you ask someone to pay a loan back on a closed business. Well, the government's free. backed those loans, so if they can't afford it, yeah. so yeah, another bill still, can you do still, that. Isn't your it? business yeah. still has to fall over though to do that, you know, yeah. to get full. So I don't know. I think it's, um, I think it's, I think we know it's May. Truthfully, we might get some concession in the meantime. They might let us. I do, mean, it would be nice to have a bit more of an answer. Okay, oh, right. So fully reopened in May, but you're going to be allowed to open under restrictions in the run-up to May. I mean, it, even that would be something. Yeah. And we probably yeah. take it now. I mean, well, I think, but I think, but I, but I think they know if they open us under restrictions, how many of us are going to listen? Really? I think we would, though. We no, have done, I don't. Right? But I think that you say that. I think a lot of us would go, you're all right, we'll do our best. But you're dealing with the customers as well. You're gonna spend, you know, they're not going to listen. They just want to be in a pub. 
So I think you're just going to. Well, be... I mean, we've had we had an operator in there saying they don't want to open the liquor restrictions because you know they it costs don't want to be that money. kind of business. But it was it cost that money. A lot of people have spent the money already. I mean, this is absurd. You've spent the money. You've invested the money in in stupid things like shacks and uh, things like that, which got us all shut down. Yeah, repurposing. But, you're right. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, there's the the. Uh, <laughs> The, the problem is, you know, if you're opening up with restrictions, like this guy was saying, you know, it's going to spend half his time arguing with customers about yeah, whether or not they're they, wearing masks. They or just not want to be from the same. So I think we need to open. Let, let us open. Let us, like, you know, what I mean, like we'll have sanitizers. We'll check. You know, what I mean, we can do track and trace if you want. No one knows. You know, we all know it doesn't work. That's the point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but let us just open and do what we do well. And they don't. Mm. Uh, the problem is the government don't trust us. The problem is they always take. The, they judge us all by the worst example. Like Heath. Yeah, that. Yeah. But don't they? I mean, that's the point. It's just they have a picture in their mind of what it's going to be like, yeah. not what's actually going on in the majority of places. And the thing is, you know, where do you think Boris goes to pubs? Though? Where do these guys go to pubs? So they just, they just never watch the Daily Mail. They read the Daily Mail, don't they? That's what they think the British pubs about. They've got no idea. Yeah. Public enemy, enemy number one. Oh, I see what you've done there. Indeed. Was that your idea then with the Boris cutout? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, no. The name I mean, he has been seen in his pub, obviously. So. He's always. I put him in the yeah. toilet now. <laughs> He's a toilet attendant. Equally, none of us would like to be in the position of having to manage to see them, would we? You know, at the same time. No. Okay, well, that's that's enough of ranting and raving. Let's move on to the the topics at hand, which is going to be talking about teams and people. You're listening to the Lock In podcast, and this episode we are talking about people and teams. Um, and one of the the big headlines that we've seen this week um, has been the concerns over the the sheer scale of unemployment within the sector. This sector is a is a huge employer. It's something that seems to have been forgotten by uh, our, our political leaders and masters. Um, but I mean, what what are your thoughts on 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 that unemployment? Is it is it a ticking time bomb? I mean, what, what do you think? It's going to get worse, isn't it? You know what I mean with the Rent moratorium finishing in March, you know, like who's gonna, and we're looking at May to open. Oh, it's gonna be, people are just gonna look at it now and go, you know what, I'm better off laying off people now instead of, you know, is it gonna be May? Could be a bit longer. You know, we'd probably hobbled along all the way through to now with a little bit of hope that it's gonna be March, mm. now it's April. So if you're looking at your accounts and you're thinking, we, we've lost the 1,000 pounds from Rishi, um, where are we gonna be? I think you said earlier that if you know then what you knew now, you just, lay everyone off on day one back in the back at the time just close yeah. the business and I think that's the problem is that we've now had time to see the ongoing cost of um, of furlough and if you're looking at job retention there's no real incentive you're just keeping on a well, cost they, they took that away didn't they I mean there, they, was, they, there took, was that job retention carrot that mm. they were dangling yeah. at one point. they're talking about um, bringing it back though you see so yeah, they're talking about it talking about bringing it back because they know what's going to happen we're all going to look at it and go that's the kickstart yeah. scheme as well no, isn't yeah, it for the new well. employment yeah. but that's for new employment so what do you do you get rid of all your staff between and 18 and 24 and then re-employ them so the government pay X amount the problem with our industry as well is you've got we've got a handful of staff that will be full, you know, a few that are full time it's their main job and their career mm. and then you've got others who are part time who could equally repurpose themselves to do something tomorrow and it just takes quite a lot to stay connected on the third lockdown it takes quite a lot to say no we'll keep paying the furlough doesn't it I mean that's oh, totally. I think but like I said that like you just at the beginning if you knew now what you like back then now yeah, you not. just go you know what I can't I know this is going to be we're looking at a year mm. if not longer but at the same time like I think staff you know when you've got to reopen 
if you've got the right people in place and you know what you're doing, yeah. you're going to make fast. money. I was going to say, yeah. you don't, yeah. don't want to be hobbling yourself. Oh, you don't want to be um, going like, this for, is how you work the till. Can re- no, exactly. Yeah. You, yeah. Want, you want to hit the ground that customers are coming in yeah. and getting a fantastic experience with but experience, also, trade stuff. You don't want to be apologising. When those customers who walk in, who are regulars and locals, see the same people, they know you've done right by your people. Mm. And I think that's going to go mm. a long way. Yeah, yeah. I agree. But it'll go. But it's still only going to get worse because we know this industry, and we'll talk about training later. But we know that we are really poor at investing in our people. I think as, mm. a, as, a, as an over, I don't think we are. But, but I think as an industry, we are. And but I think it also shows you how much the government respects what we do when they do what they're doing to us, because it's basically you know that I think they look at us as low skilled. We're not mm. that bright. Well, you know. Well, speak for James. <laughs> But you know what I mean. Like we said but, he was bright. But we're not taking him seriously as an industry. If you went no. and lived in, if you went and lived in America, you you could be sixty five years old and still tending bar and be taken mm, seriously and, and making have a house and have a nice lifestyle. Over here, it's sort of a stopgap. Mm. Yeah, so what do you do for a living? I work, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. You know, so you know, how do we get taken more seriously? It's still a generational play. That this doesn't help. I don't think this does. I don't, yeah, I mean, we're almost being set back, haven't we? Because it's it's that sort of total disregard by government that doesn't reinforce that this actually is an important, vital industry, does it? It's what would be the second biggest employer or third biggest employer in the country? I think. So one, of, one of the two, I don't know. Behind the, the NHS, I mean, who's the biggest employer in the world? Yeah. NHS isn't going to be local authorities, maybe? I think we're number two, aren't we? Yeah, yeah I think it was. Uh, what was the. Uh, how many millions was it? It's, it's big. It's big. And yeah, but that's what I don't get. Like, surely Rishi looks at it and goes, okay, look at this industry over here. If we're mining or steel or something else, we'd probably get taken a bit more seriously. But since we... We're, we, too, we're too desperate. This is the problem. With mining and steel, they tend to be focused yeah. in an area. So like a car plant, for example. Yeah. You know, if Ford turns around and says, we're shutting down the plant. Oh, they freak and out. And it affects 2,000 jobs in one small town in Essex. Yeah. Then they freak out because it's localised and it's, um, it's, yeah. it's going to have a huge impact on one small area. So you get a lot of lot of noise from that. With us, because it's all so spread Just, out, yeah. we're, we're, it's easier to ignore because it's not going to impact on any particular community en masse. It's going to be a general malaise across the thing. But I think, I mean, the, those chickens yeah. will come home to roost if, if this industry falls over sideways. Well, that's what I don't get, though. You look at how much money we give back to Treasury. You look at the amount of unemployment. Surely, look, Rishi's not that dumb. Surely he looks at those figures. You know, if there's any other industry, he'd be going, okay, we need to protect this. But these grants they give, if you get them, nothing. Furlough costs us. Um, you know what? We're not taken seriously. It's right, because Tim Martin proved there's no money in pubs yesterday anyway. <laughs> <laughs> For our listeners, would you care to elaborate on that, please? No. <laughs> Typical. Oops, dropped the machine. I'll edit that bit out. <laughs> really? <laughs> Hopefully that's still working. That's still working. Okay. Um, I mean, looking at, uh, seeing as James is not going to elaborate on that in any way, shape or form, because I don't think he knows what he's talking about. He's just making it up. Because our listener is bright enough to read the paper. <laughs> yeah. James, James, clickbait, James. So, I mean, the the, the, the opposite, or the, 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 the flip side of, of unemployment means that from a recruitment point of view, there's going to be opportunities. Um, this is an industry that has struggled a little bit uh, with recruitment in certain areas. Obviously, the chef thing yeah. is, a, is a huge problem. That doesn't seem to be changing particularly, judging by how much you two complain about your chefs. But um, it's... I mean, is it going to change? 
<laughs> James is desperately trying not to laugh at. Um, is it going to change? Do you think? Is it going to have any impact? Are you going to have perhaps a bit more of a pick of good, experienced people out there? I think so. I think you know, seeing like I'm seeing CVs up in Highgate of people who come and you look at this CV and you're like, man, you could be working for NASA. Or like, you know what I mean? There's well, like there's lawyers and what have you driving Waitrose vans. Yeah. Minute, you know? mm. But you know the thing is, it's like how long are they going to hang around for? Yeah, but I'm not talking about people that are skilled yeah. in outside areas. No, but I'm talking about I'm talking about the ones who go. Right, I usually work at, say, Gordon Ramsay, for example. I'm usually a chef at Ramsay. I've got no work. I'll come and work for you. Mm. How long before the next opportunity that he really wants to work at comes along? So you think it's uh, it, it's it's a short-term gain? Yeah, really I think so. Gain. They'll just do whatever they can to make money right now. And then when the right opportunity, someone like Ramsay is going to open loads of restaurants, comes along, goes, I'll take you back. He's going to go back, isn't he? But, yeah. as, but as James has said many times, and probably often in this podcast, because he does tend to repeat himself a lot. Um... <laughs> he's got Alzheimer's. <laughs> James, you okay? <laughs> You're in the lockout today. I'll tell you about Tim Martin. <laughs> you, you've said, James, you know, that, that, that at the end of this, it's going to be those guys who looked after their staff yeah. and mm. that are going to reap the benefits. So, you know, yeah, like the guy who's, you know, Gordon Ramsay or whatever, mm. he was kicked to touch early doors yeah. by those guys. How, do you think they're just going to run back? Or do you think that you're going to have some halo oh, benefits? I think, I think people too much credit, but I think you, um, I think broadly... We've always tried to look after people, and we've always tried to retain them where they're good people. You know, just sometimes just employ an arsehole and they go, um, and you don't get on. But I think broadly, anyone you want the name for that? Though? I haven't got long enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, broadly, I think it is always about behaving properly and mm. treating your suppliers and your team well. There's no, there's no benefit in being any other way. This is this is an industry of lifer in here. You know, it's not like you flip from here to doing something different, really. So you just get on with it and do it properly. So I don't know. I think. I think more people might be open to our industry than they were before mm. in terms of you know having a go because a lot of people have found a love of cooking in the you know in the um, lockdown as well so maybe you'll see some more wannabe chefs <laughs> which would be great Heath's face is a but it's true though eh? I mean it's true I'm not mate honestly everybody thinks they can cook these days they watch a couple of cooking programs they buy a cookbook <laughs> and they sit at home under their own time and they cook a meal and the family goes this is amazing Margaret this put them in a commercial kitchen second check on <laughs> Can't do it. Why is it so busy? So no, I don't agree. When does Margaret start? I was going to say, when you employ Margaret. So. <laughs> Margaret. She, she Margaret. <laughs> I mean, the other the other thing that was was a, an issue um, was was Brexit. So loss of freedom of movement, um, people not being able to come into the country. And let's, I mean, depending on where you are in the country, yeah, the, they the can't leave now. Who's laughing now? You're not going home. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to stay and work in our kitchen. That means we're stuck with this kiwi. Mm. Yeah, yeah, well. um, but I mean, in, in all seriousness, is that? Do you think this is going to negate that problem? Is it? I mean, we've always been really lucky, haven't we? Because basically, foreign staff typically work harder, longer, no yeah. less. Well, they want money, don't they? Yeah. I think they come in here. I think you come here focused. for a reason. Yeah, the exchange rate's usually good. I yeah, I don't know. It's, it's going to. Well, be... you're maybe not going to have those people, but you're going to have a rump of people around who are. I well, hope so. Because yeah. mm. we all know that you guys don't like to work. I say you guys generally, but I mean. Who, you, who do you mean by that? English. English. Oh, okay. right. People don't really want to work. Scots work. Got a bit Scottish in me. <laughs> but um, yeah, but I think generally people don't. It's you know how many times we had an English kitchen porter. Well, I, I know in the red line I've had one. Yeah, I've had all the last. Yeah, a couple of weeks. I know, it's going to be interesting times, you know what I mean? I think it's definitely going to be interesting times. And, but the thing is, less pubs, bigger labour market, maybe, hopefully. 
We shall see. I don't think it's going to be a problem. You know, we talked about the skill set not coming in, and we talked about Indian restaurants last time. Mm. Oh, about, that was you know, like Johnson. No, but the point, no, that was about um, as well. I kind of get it that you want your naan, but you don't want to put your hand in a six hundred degree, you know, clay oven. oven. And most of the kids doing a part time job wouldn't, but we still want the nice things. So I think we'll be all right mm. because, of course, the labour market is shared amongst a smaller pool now and, yeah. and growing smaller. Potentially, potentially. Okay, well, let's uh, let's park that there and uh, move on to the importance of training. Hello and welcome back to the Lock In Podcast. We're going to be looking at training in this session and we've got the fantastic Jamie Campbell from CPL Learning here with us to discuss some of the challenges on that front. Hi, Jamie. Hello, gentlemen. I wish I was in a pub as well, but unfortunately not. It's, uh, we would have had you down, but apparently it's illegal. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, what, what have you been up to lately, Jamie? What's, what's been uh, uh, going on in your world? Uh, beyond panicking like everyone else and figuring out what the hell's going on, um, you know, we've just been trying to do what we, we did. You know, last time we spoke in a, in a non-podcast situation um, was we're just trying to help people essentially as much as we possibly can. So um, building new kind of training materials, working on new ways of doing things, and being as ready as we can be to help. What you know, in last reopening in, in July was our pretty much our busiest ever period ever. So we're trying to make sure that. Hopefully that happens again, but to make sure we can deal with it and be on the front foot and make sure every operator gets what they need from us and can trade safely and all that kind of stuff. So it's um, we're busy, absolutely busy, and it's just more about preparation as, it, as I suppose for a lot of operators, well, all operators that are closed, you know, whatever preparation can be done. Yeah, so I mean, let's 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 look at a bit of um, uh, focusing on on the importance of training because uh, the tendency at the moment is to put that to one side while you're firefighting, while you're dealing with things. Uh, I mean, what what would your view be on what people should be thinking about when it comes to training? I, yeah, obviously train. Uh, I've got a vested interest clearly, so I, I would always say that. No. <laughs> but I think. Um, I think, you know, I know there's a cynical view that maybe some haven't, and there's plenty of valid reasons why people haven't as well. You know, saving a business is, is far more important than whether someone can upsell, you know, into a, a more expensive bottle of wine at a time like this, clearly. But I think, you know, looking at the commercial necessities of, of reopening, making more out of less visits is maybe one, one challenge that people are going to have. Um, and we've even seen that over this period, people have wanted to kind of develop personally a lot. So a lot of materials that we've made available for free or available for free generally, people are lapping up. So mm. I think there's definitely a demand for it in terms of people developing themselves, you know, and, and I think a lot of businesses have, where they've been able to and have, have got the resources to have been continuing to invest in one way, shape or form. Um, but like I say, it's not it's not the be-all and end-all in, you know, in, in terms of the non-trading time now. If you can, it's, it obviously gives you a bit of an edge, hopefully. I mean, James Heath, what, what have, what's been your approach to training during this this shutdown? Have you have you done any, uh, or have you just sat there twiddling your thumbs? And, oh, well, not a lot. Not a no, lot. to be honest, it's just been. I suppose we've been so caught up in what's going on to try and save the businesses that we haven't really. We've been pretty shocking, but we've kept. I think the advantage that we've got maybe is that we've kept everybody's on we haven't we haven't fired anybody so we're not looking to when we refire with a small group so we've got experienced teams we've come got back. experienced team yeah exactly I don't think more in case you don't feel you've needed to do any training well no, I think well, this is a short segment in that no, case but, really, well, no but, but it's um, it's not that it's no our training's on, always been ongoing within the team though I mean we've retrained as delivery drivers 
because we've had to deliver food. I mean, you, everyone's didn't you crash your car? I was going to say, it, yeah. <laughs> I, might, I, I might reverse into someone, yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we can't help with that. We can't help with that. Uh, <laughs> but I, I agree with Jamie. Tra- if, if, you, if, you've, driving if, you've got, if you've got the budget, or I say, if you've got the team still there and you've got the time, this is the perfect time to train your staff. Mm. Make them do all the, sorry, boring courses <laughs> that normally you don't have time for or chase them up on. You know what I mean? There's yeah, no excuse. Yeah. They can do watch. you do boring courses, Jamie? Is that, is that a fair or something? Well, you know, I, I'd be lying if I said that, you know, I'd want to do, like, an hour of fire, fire awareness or something, and, you know, and even... Um, Manual you know, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of the focus, yeah, exactly. A lot of the focus from our clients, or some of our clients, has been to get that kind of core stuff out of the way. You know, uh, there's a bit of a... a um, uh, a bit of an example I've used with um, Howard Schultz closed down Starbucks and he's done it twice now for one when he wasn't happy with espresso quality closed every site down in the States for a particular hour at a particular time just to train on getting the espresso right which clearly you can't do that frequently and also on um, around diversity training a couple of years ago when they had some challenges they closed all the sites down to do this diversity training so now you know when you've I would got the say to look at how you operate. You've got that chance now, broadly, if if, if you if you can. Yeah, I, I would say that 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 espresso training was really good marketing. That 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 that's a really good marketing <laughs> ploy. You mm. know what I mean? Like. You couldn't get much better than that. So. I think there's training that you need for compliance, though, isn't there? There's training you need for development. And I think there'll be a lot of people catching up with their compliance. Yeah. And the nearer we get to knowing a date to start, you'll want your staff warmed up and ready to go. Is that something yeah, you're, that's, you're that's finding? That's a really key point, actually, mm. is getting that timing right. There's no point in getting people warmed up to reopen now when it could be, you know, May. I, won't, I won't speculate on the date. But, May. you know, I think... Yeah, if, if, if we're starting in May, what's May the point in getting people excited about opening yeah. now with training? It doesn't make any sense. So you've got it. The timing's got to be right when it's about you know specifics of you know new menu, operating styles, new wine lists, whatever yeah. else might be relevant. How do you, do you think the local authorities are going to be a lot more relaxed when we do open in terms of training and compliance, or do you think they're going to come in heavy-handed? I know we heard various kind of examples first time round. I would imagine there'd be an element of, of heavy-handed, particularly for those who maybe have had less to do and their focus is on, um, you know, licensed premises. Um, you know, I don't think you should leave any gaps, put it that way, uh, when it comes to compliance. I think, you know, and equally customers are more are more in tune to that kind of thing. You know, if, if you don't have a five-star, um, you know, food standard rating, then... Uh, you know, people are going to be you're going to be on the back foot from a starting point of cleanliness and, and that kind of thing. So, I think um, I think you've got to be on the front foot with that. Stay on top of it. Stay on top of it. I mean, coming back to the point of, sort of the different styles, Jamie. Are you seeing any particular trends, Jamie, in what people are looking for from training from you at the moment? Right now, most questions, well, most might be a little bit uh, misleading, but we get a lot of, of well-being uh, questions and support. So, you know, a lot of our focus is in and around that. And, and equally, just more on the individual, a lot, of, a lot of training is focused, you know, in a lot of businesses top down, you know, whether it's what Heath wants for his sites or whether it's what a big corporate entity wants for their, their sites. It's, you know, it, it, may, it might be something that's more compliance focused whilst the individual might want to do something different so you know we're looking at kind of terming the way we do things a little bit differently so rather than to make it more engaging for the end user so for, for rather than it being a case of service training the reality for somebody who works a shift is they want to earn more tips so how can they earn more tips and just kind of shift in the dynamic a little bit so that it's more about their own personal development rather than kind of force feeding them stuff um that they have to do in some situations but sometimes might not be the most uh, most exciting for them to do so that, it's really situational really it, you know a lot of it is just about well-being about um, keeping people engaged keeping their eye on certain things 
and trying to make sure people don't leave to go into other sectors, which is it's obviously a risk. I, I mean, that's, that's going to be a key thing, I think, isn't it? Particularly, if, as we were saying earlier, with, with as businesses start to fall on, over, unemployment rises, we're going to see people moving into retraining uh, for new roles. So that's, that's I mean, how, how do we address that? Oh, well, I don't think, I think, I think it was an issue before lockdown broadly anyway. But, you know, I think um, I caught uh, some of your colleagues at, um, at the restaurant conference earlier this week and, and the Will Beckett talking about it really eloquently far more better than I could um, in terms of the long-term challenges that the industry needs to face when it comes to people leaving uh, leaving the sector or not willing to, you know, not showing enough progression within the sector. I think those things remain. Um, we just need to get everyone you know, as a as an industry, needs to kind of do a better job at doing that. There's some amazing examples, but you know, everyone's got to kind of bring the level up a little bit, really. Mm. I mean, James touched on it earlier with learning to drive. I mean, have you seen any <laughs> particular um, spikes in terms of uh, training requ- that have been geared towards being shut down in terms of you know dealing with sort of takeaway and delivery or, or anything? Is that have we seen anything on that? Any trends there? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, there's been plenty of situational training. Absolutely, we've done we've done plenty ourselves. I think, um, you know, a lot of businesses have just had to pivot. You know, and, and uh, he touched on it. You know, it's not been a focus for rightly for everybody to, you know, think. Well, this is a great time to improve our compliance scores. It's a great time to make sure we bring some money in to keep keep the bills being paid and keep people paid or topped up, whatever it may be. So, I think um, there's been lots of. The desire, particularly around to, to make sure people were doing the right things when it came to you know getting food from one place to another, mm-hmm. um, and that's just you know what what anyone would do in the in the cir- in the circumstances. But um, I, I, whether that'll be an ongoing trend, I think clearly more people are probably going to do delivery than they ever have done. So mm-hmm. maybe it'll become more of a requirement. But yeah, the, this kind of situational stuff has evolved. But right now, the real focus is just on well-being, financial well-being, helping people when they've got less money coming in, and you know, even even trying to help people make money with um, with what you know what what when they're on furlough. So you mm-hmm. know, what can they start selling or um, so on and so forth. Yeah. So if if we're obviously we we can't speculate on reopening times or the rest of it, but I mean, what would your advice be to operators? Uh, in terms of sort of training requirements, when we're we're looking to gear up towards reopening, I think to, to me it's like obviously making sure you've got the bases covered of the core elements of compliance. Making sure people understand that you know things have changed from the first lockdown. I think is a is a crucial thing. So you know consumers are going to have different expectations, new variants and news, and you know all the things around vaccines. People are going to have, can be confused. They're not going to know. You know some people are going to be comfortable, some not so. So making sure that you kind of you're able to talk to all the customers in the right ways and, and making sure they, they know what's going on with your service style and, and things. And then it's just making sure that one the teams are supported. So I think getting back into work is going to be difficult for a lot of people. Getting back into the rhythm, they're going to have their own concerns. So making sure you know you can support them uh, when they're back in work as well. You know they're going to go probably from uh, the you know stressed in a different way in terms of you know maybe the pressures of, of life generally into. Some really intense trading patterns, I would imagine, based on you know uh, market or the latent demand that's there, and um, and then just making the most out of what's there. So you know, you know all those things, you know, be it um, a roundup selling or making the most out of your wine lists or whatever it is. It's going to be we have to take the most out of those opportunities. Like if if there's less people going out or able to go out or um, or you know. That you've got to make more out of out of any visit that you've got, irrespective of uh, frequency. 
you know, if you've got an extra five quid that's on the table and you're not taking it, you've got to do everything you can to make sure you get an extra five quid. So I think it's being quite commercially aware as well and making sure the teams are aware of all of that opportunity as well for their tips and also for for the, for the bottom line as well. Uh, Jamie, James here, just a quick question. With um, the guys being on furlough, we talk about being the ideal opportunity to train, but of course there are restrictions on what they can do while on furlough. Is that right? I mean, I'm guessing your courses are... You can access them online, so it's a perfect time at home to sit and grind through a load of stuff. But is there some sensitivity around that? Yeah, so I mean, first lockdown there was a lot of um, there was a lot of grey around this, but the I think now it's a little bit clearer. So essentially, you can train when you're on furlough. You don't have to be brought back. I think there are limits in that, but the limits are relatively high. So you don't have to be on flexi furlough to be brought back to have to do some training. Um, you can do training and personal development in your own time. So th- those kind of um, Restrictions on 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 there uh, at the moment, which is, which is good. Otherwise, you know, it becomes uh, you know pretty difficult for people to be able to do anything and, and yeah. furlough, you know, on top of the costs that you already have to right. incur to, to keep people on. And I that mean, becomes, I'm, uh, a bit of a challenge. I'm just in shock that James actually asked a sensible question. To be honest, I mean, what, what did he say? I was half asleep when he started talking. I'm still, I'm honoured. I'm honoured that he did. He's saving it for you, Jamie. That's all. <laughs> so I mean the the the, the other issue I, I what well, I'm sort of interested in as well is is um, that in terms of sort of obviously face to face activity and face to face learning obviously can't easily or even at all take place at the moment. I mean is 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 how's that impacting? I mean your business is a bit of a hybrid of both, hasn't it? And you were very e focused as well. Are you seeing? Are you expecting that to be the the sort of move forward? that face-to-face activity is going to drop off entirely and we'll all be sat around computers like we are now? Yeah, I think there'll, there'll still be a desire for it and I think there is still a desire for it in some instances. Um, you know, we train a little bit in the retail market and people still want to do some face-to-face training in the retail market. A lot of it now is delivered online, so it would be me talking to you now, Ed, about how to do X or Y or to get your personal license. Um, so that that's kind of obviously been a big shift. We'd ex- more just through a cost and travel and logistics side of things, I'd expect that to remain, you know, forever. Um, you know, I, I think we'll see tutor-led and face-to-face training start to increase its share back again, but realistically... You know, if you've taken a cost out of the business and a lot of other costs have come into businesses and, you know, suddenly you're not going to want to start getting people travelling that's loads of miles and taking time out of their own lives to go and do a training course in a hotel room somewhere in 50 miles away or whatever it might be. So I think um, we'll definitely see we'll definitely see a shift, but I think there's always a place for it, clearly. And, and equally, you know, knowing knowing the strength of, of his software around wine and things, there's certain things you've got to, you've got to taste, you've got to be there, you've got to... Brilliant. Okay, fantastic. Well, that's, that's pretty much all we've got time for at the moment. We're going to move on. You touched on uh, well-being and, and welfare, so we are going to talk about that next. So, but in the meantime, thank you for that, Jamie. Cheers, Jamie. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Jamie. Take it easy, mate. You are listening to the Lock In Podcast with myself, Ed Beddington, Heath Ball and James Cuthbertson. And we still have Jamie Campbell with us from CPL Learning. Uh, we were talking in the last uh, session about training uh, and we mentioned well-being and staff welfare uh, throughout that. So let's have a little bit of a focus on that. Um, I mean, when it comes to staff welfare, I mean, what does that mean for you, Heath? Um, other than lock him in a cupboard and let well, them fight it out. Well, you're not, so. allowed, to, you're not allowed to cuddle them anymore, apparently, and you're not allowed to 
kiss him on the cheek when they come to work there's, and there's stuff. Various oh, non joking. touching rules. Yeah. That, uh, no, yeah. no, but you just want to make. I think the the key thing is lockdown's been hard for everybody. Those who have been working, it's hard because they're at work. Those who aren't working are jealous of those who are at home. Oh, sorry, who are at work. It's so I think you it's know. It's interesting, isn't it, when they come back? Oh my god, the, the, you know, it's going to be it's going to be interesting when they all come back together because they're, they're you know they're going to be jealous of each other. Jealous of each other. Oh, you've been home watching Netflix. Well, I don't have time to watch Netflix. So I think it's going to be interesting times. Um, I don't know. It's just making sure everybody's okay. I think that's a real key part. You know, checking in. I mean, are, are you are you are you staying in touch with the guys who are on furlough, or are you just ignoring them? And no, no, we we you know, I mean, like we do some training. They come. I say training, but they come up to check what's going on at the pub and see what we're doing. Um, you know, we have a WhatsApp group for the pubs. You know, it's mm. just messages. Everybody okay? You know, just you know, just general. Keep, stuff. Yeah, just banter, really. Mm. I think, I think, mm. I think you can't be too serious with them right now. I think it just needs, they just need a bit of, need a bit of attention, but it can't be, you know, too serious. But also, with the bosses, it's a bit difficult because you also got guys that are, there's groups of people, aren't there? They're friends, yeah. and they kind of look after each other. It's like a yeah. little family. It's just nice, you know. But that's um, you always got kind of a few people that keep across the site and people there. So that's sad, you know. Uh, have you experienced uh, any any problems or any challenges of people sort of struggling with, with the situation? Is that something that, are they raising it with you, I guess, if they are? I've got, I've got one guy who works for me, and I won't say who, but he got one guy who works for me. Uh, uh, <laughs> but um, his, his mother died um, a week before the first lockdown and he couldn't go home to see the to be for the funeral, yeah. and then he was locked in a flat by himself. Oh God, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So you're trying to deal mm. with that and make sure they're okay, and like it's it, like that's you know really that's so traumatic, you know. Mm. It's just um so yeah, just I think what can you do for that though? I mean, really one of the hardest though. things also I, I just want to say is like, as, as a business owner, you're uptight, you know, you're uptight at the minute you're up against it. You have to take time and take a breath to be. Human. To maybe to be human and yeah. think about it because you can be quite angry, you know. Um, the prospect of someone slapping a holiday um, request form on your desk the first day they're back off furlough, you might not get the reaction they want, you know. Um, true, really though, isn't it? I'm not, but it's true because you've just well, spent a year being pissed that. off. <laughs> and the thing is, but you know, the thing they love telling you in the paper, you know, what you could they can roll their holiday over, they can do this and that. Hmm. And all I'm thinking is, well, I would have been better, you know, no, I would never do this and we'd never do this. I'd be better off sacking everybody at the beginning, mm. so at least I've got a business at the end. But here you are with the government promises, hustling through, and then it's just like they've got all this holiday queue. But if we also Keith make good the voice we, of compassion. No, we made good on a couple of people that we took on full timers in the first lockdown, um, and have done since that that weren't eligible for yeah. furlough because it was the right thing to do. Mm. So I think some of this, there's some kind of. Um, but remember, one of them was an absolute knob towards the end. Yeah, he was. When he started yeah. back at work, he was just yeah. like the laziest prick you've ever met. Mm. And it's mm. like, we've just spent how much money? Five grand five, on five keep, grand, yeah, five five grand grand, keeping yes. you employed during I the lockdown. Boot, yeah. And you started work and you were shit. Yeah. Where, where, where I mean, is, you that, is, is that a failure on your part for basically no, not, he's just not, a, no, I was your recruitment process? Oh, come on. He was just, uh, we got no, that one wrong. I, I, think, I think what happened was their minds went, like, everybody went into lockdown and everybody just lost their shit. Yeah. So yeah, it's a failure on both our parts. But mm -hmm. how can you factor that in? But I do I, think we're going to need to be careful with that one because we'll be knackered when we reopen, and you've got a load of people that are going to come back, basically with a spliff hanging out of their mouth, chilled, you know, not a series they haven't watched on Netflix or Amazon Prime. And um, not that you generalise. And we need to. Well, no, absolutely. We need to get them up to speed. But, you know? but Jamie, you'll know this. So we we they're obviously got their holiday. 
we can use government furlough to pay the holiday if we've got money to use furlough money to pay for the holiday up to date. But at what point can we basically say, you know what, you've got to wait another couple of years to use that holiday? He's not an employment lawyer. I won't comment on my own views on that on, in our own business, but I think... Um, I think those those are some of the challenges, aren't they? That you know, I think that furlough is a is a business cost, and that's another way that it is a business cost. You know, it's it, albeit it helps to an extent, and it's helped keep people in roles. You know, that it isn't easy. I think. Um, but it's done. But it's yeah, done I'm our not, businesses. All I, it's done is our businesses retain staff, but we're paying for that. I think we're yeah. I mean, it, it's something we're going to touch on um, in in a in a session in a few minutes, really, and look at the the issues surrounding furlough. But I guess from coming back on to the well-being point just to keep these two off that one for a little bit longer because <laughs> steam is literally coming out of their ears um i mean jamie you, you mentioned well-being training and things like that i mean what what are you seeing what's when when you say that what what are you doing what are you providing and what are you being asked to provide yeah i think, I think uh, it's a real mix i think um i think the main thing and again again this is well well covered by people far more um articulate and qualified than me through the situation but well, I suppose also from our own business we've had to do the same kind of things you know we've got 85, 85 people who work for us and you know they see the, the industry that they work in being challenged uh, to be to be nice about it so they have their own questions of us and um, I think they've just got to communicate continuously and he's right you don't want to be serious all the time in terms of particularly at this point in time uh, you know you've got to kind of get your tone right and things but the communication part of it to support well-being is, I think, the kind of number one thing you do as a basis. Um, in terms of the things that we've helped with, you know, there's been some courses to help people with, like, understanding resilience and how to deal with certain situations. And, um, you know, we've done some, we've done some webinars and, and um, sessions with, with mental health uh, professionals to, to help people and, and kind of just contextualise their own situation. Because the big thing, and, and he's touched on it before with, you know, people's you know um someone's sadly dying you know that happens anyway so mm. and um outside of a pandemic and the pressures that are people and sometimes those deaths are related to the pandemic clearly but i think you know the um without swearing you know bad stuff happens and um mm. bad stuff happens in people's lives and i think i think this has just kind of added an extra kind of layer of um Shit. It's on top of the pressures of people. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and I think we've, we're still dealing with both elements of it. You're dealing with the, you know, the business communicating and helping throughout, and then also the, the generic stuff that happens. You know, people get illnesses. Mm. You know, I'm sure everyone, everyone, every person, um, you know, you speak to has got something going on in their own lives. So, I think it's it's been really trying to help with those kind of things because it can become overwhelming. So. Um, you know, just there's a lot of support in the industry as well. So just signposting to that, you know, be hospitality action, licensed trade charity, mm. um, and various others that I've probably missed. But um, that that's been the crux for really is just trying to give people some help techniques to get over things. And not get over things sounds like I'm, I'm trivialising it, but um, you know, help so, with whatever situation that they dealt with. Yeah, yeah. And maybe we'll try and include some of those links on the. Uh on the website with this podcast as well so um yeah so there's no basically no simple solutions for this it's it's a case of uh treat each case as it comes in really yeah i, I think one thing i've said before as well is that it, everything's evolving so you know like i just kind of alluded to but like what you did three months ago isn't going to necessarily work or be effective now or be useful now so um 
you know, once you've shared a link and someone's taken advantage of a resource, it's now like, what else have we got? It can't just be a case of we'll just go back to speaking to that person again or going to that, that organisation again. Um, sometimes it may be relevant, but others not. And I think, like I said, the communication side of it has just been crucial. Like, you know, I've had a note from one of our team today just on how helpful it's been us being upfront about things. Uh, you know, that's relative. Some people maybe think we haven't been as upfront about things, but mm. it's, um, it's, um, that's you know, the basics, right? And I think those are the things we've got to keep keep doing outside of this as well. Because, like I say, even, even when hopefully we're, we're not in kind of pandemic zone, people have still got um, you know bad stuff going Challenges. on in their lives that need yeah. help and support. Absolutely, absolutely. There's a danger of uh, turning this podcast into a sensible piece of advice. Here. God, I'm getting emotional. Yeah. I just hope none, <laughs> I hope none of the team come back and ask how we are and how we've coped because they don't want to hear it. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to give them a holiday request form. Yeah. I'm off to the Caribbean with all the other blue tick celebrities. See ya. <laughs> And on that note, then I think uh, let's uh, let's draw this one to a close. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe, like, share, all the usual things for this podcast, and leave your thoughts in the comments as well. But uh, Jamie, once again, thank you very much for that. Cheers, thanks, guys. Cheers. And welcome back to the Lock In Podcast. So uh, these two have been desperately trying to talk about furlough and holiday accruing throughout this entire podcast so far. But So let's actually give you the opportunity to, uh, to find I'm not ready about. now. I you just, don't want to talk about I just, it. No, I, do, I do want to talk about it. But I just remembered that this, this, the government aren't giving this, 5% back, uh, this 15% back reduction anymore. Well, no. So I'm pissed off at that as well. Okay. So, we just, should have said that at the start well, of it. I forgot, but it's like, it's just like... It's just occurred to you. We've all, we all know our views on furlough. It costs us money. And the, the, curing of holiday, the accruing of holidays as well cost us money. But, Jesus, this, they're not even... I just think this government don't give off. Think like about it. us. <laughs> so, you yeah. almost told you off for swearing on this, isn't she? I know she has. She's yeah. so swearing. Uh, she called me potty mouth. Yeah. And while I think swearing is a sign of intelligence, and you said what? My mates say I'm a fucking liar. <laughs> um, oh. But yeah, no. But furlough does cost us money. And my jokes are bad. Yeah, but it yeah. just. But it, no, think about it for a second, right? Furlough costs us money. We're going to lose the five percent VAT reduction. We're not going to be up until May. This is a bloodbath. Rent moratorium ends in March. Uh, you know, I mean, what, oh, they've got to extend that. What they? They like, uh, they're, they're well, they'll extend furlough, and you know, well, how many operators are going to be like, well, you know, yeah. what? Let's just cut our losses now, close the business down. I think well, some did it now. I think some did it with this new lockdown, though, didn't they? I, We've seen I this think spike. Some, 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 there was, yeah, there was probably a few that, that, but not, not the, not masses. Do we hear about them? Because we talk about this being a disparate industry. And if it's happening in, you know, all over the country in a small way, it's actually quite a big number. Well, Because like, the third lot, but you get to the point in January where you're already, January you're always holding on anyway, right? You've made your money in, in, in December. <laughs> made up money you, in December. Well, <laughs> but, you're, but actually just facing a 17% furlough fee plus a crude holiday. So I don't blame anyone that just said enough's enough. Yeah. Zero contracts. Well, done. I mean, this is it. I suppose this is the thing. You know, we've we've talked about this in the past. Of you know, the, and I think uh, uh, Alex Riley. We talked about him yeah, still coming out great. saying, you know, it's it, this all this talk about furlough being a support. It isn't a support because it's costing me hundred grand. With the idea of it being May reopening, with furlough potentially being extended. I mean, do you think that's going to push people to actually go cut your losses? I, I, mm. I had an email from an operator who said. Um, you know, initially they furloughed all their staff because they thought, great, brilliant, we're keeping them on, and then mm. realised actually it, it wasn't sustainable cost-wise. They had 25 mm. staff, 
they couldn't afford to pay the NI mm. pensions on zero income, mm. um, and they they had to let people go. It's really sad because they've got their own lives. And everyone runs to a, you know to what they earn. Everyone, most people run to what they earn. To take it away is terrible. But you can under we wouldn't do it. But you can understand people that have. Mm. That's what I don't wouldn't judge anyone that had to do but it. The only, had to do but it. We, we'd have to do it if we were really pushed to it. I think yeah. the reality is, we, yeah. we, right now, we, we're, we're sort of business at the end of the day. Yes, you want to be an ethical business. Yeah, you but, want it also, to do the best but also, but also, but I think what you forget is we, we put the value like we we we've waited up right, so we've worked out right. We're going to reopen in May. We will get our staff through to then. We've got we're going to open strong. We've got a strong team. We're ready to go. We're not going to be going shit. I need to hire loads of people now and do interviews and stuff. So if you weigh that up and you go, what's the cost of furlough versus retraining? It's probably going to cost mm. us a bit of money, but it's not going to cost us as much money as to retrain and get new staff in that you don't know. Yeah. It's better the devil you know than you don't know. Yeah. So maybe we'll just take a bit of a hit financially. But if the government bring in this £1,000 for job, you know what I mean? Like, I think I, I think what we're doing Do you is think right. going to bring in that I don't protection? know, but I think, I think in my heart of hearts, I think what we're doing is right for the staff mm. and for the people around us. And I, I feel better about what we're doing. But if it was a bigger mm. game, we were playing a bigger game, I'd probably get rid of everybody. But I mean, that's it's laudable. We have the choice, and, and mm. hats off to you on that. But I mean, there is there is comes a crunch point. Surely, you know, there's got to, there's a cost equation in this. And if they were going to say, okay, May, we get closer to May, and they're like, yeah, you know, July. I mean, how long can you? Well, you know, actually even, sustain that. You know, so even like operators, when I was I was listening to a, a craps won't only go so far. Crap joke. Um, you go, you know. I was looking. I was listening to a podcast the other day with Danny Meyer, who's the restaurateur in America. For those who don't know, and he, they, in America, it's different. They just basically lay off everybody day one. Man, gone. Mm-hmm. We can't employ you anymore. Um, and he was talking. They're pretty brutal out there, though, aren't they? Generally? Yeah, because you don't get. You know, no one gives a monkey. To you want to hear about the, some of the stories in New York about taking away the um, outside heaters? One contractor yeah. to take away the, the butane or whatever it is. You can't have butane overnight. Yeah, it has to so be stored off site. Uh, taking it to go around all the restaurants, pick it up at night, drop it in the morning. Other costs. It was ridiculous, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was just it just become, you know. So I think we're lucky over here, but yeah, like you know, where was it? In what country doesn't have furlough? The Italians don't have furlough. So they, all those restaurants opened up. You know what I mean? I think I don't know, I man. If they if they stretch it past May, what are we looking like? You know, who's like really? Do you you know you've got to take count? Mm. Is it better just to shut everything down, burn your business, and then rebuild, start again, or do you you soldier on with massive debt? Mm. Well, I think so many are going to be opening or trying to open with massive debt in May. Because that's the impact that has too is on quality that you can you know and supplier relationships and all those things. So mm. I know we were talking about furlough and we've managed to move it to something. I mean, you always do this. It's, yeah, uh, I don't yeah. know why I bother writing this down. It's, no, uh, uh, the first you write bit it down. You should, yeah. send us, you should send us a message what you want to talk about. I mean, uh, yeah, you would think I wouldn't share this with you beforehand. You would think I was interested I enough to read I just it. see. Your <laughs> I just see your name came up and I'm like, oh my god, again. Another one of those memes or whatever they call yeah. them. Um, for, for, you know, I mean, like everybody again, like Alex Riley, and we've said before, furlough. Everybody thinks great for the, you know, for the business. It's not. It's a hindrance. And the only thing good is to keep your people employed. But jeez, man, you're, I you're mean, fighting for survival. What about flexible furlough? Obviously, that came in. Has that been? Oh yeah. A benefit. Ask your accountant to work that. One oh, out. I was about to say. Yeah, so how, how, how much of a nightmare? You need a degree in linear mathematics to that. That's like so ridiculously. Which fortunately, high. we have. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah, you're working two out. Plus two. You're working out furlough, and if your furlough was in the original rate of minimum wage, eight pounds, whatever it was, that furlough has to be done at that rate, and the new furlough has to be done at the new rate. Like seriously, I understand that. 
Yeah, yeah, it's mental. It's not simple. So yeah, I don't. You know. Have you used it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Does. Okay. But I, but my accountant said to me, he said, do me a favour. Don't put as many people on the furlough and keep them on furlough and keep those employed. It's a lot easier for him to work out. Yeah, for him to work out. <laughs> and how, and you're paying. Paying him. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, he's on furlough. <laughs> <laughs> He is, he's not giving you the tax return yet. Fuck, where's my tax return? We've got one day to pay. So, okay, so we, we, we've, we've talked about further. Let's, let's get on to your other hobby horse, which has been um, the accruement of holiday. Um, I mean, what, what do you do about this? Because, I mean, let's, let's talk practically about it. I mean, you, know what you I joke, I, people are going to come in and give you a holiday yeah, request. You know what I'd like about. to say? I would like, this is where I'd like to be. Yeah. Guys, you've still got a job. I think we all need to. We all need to take a hit. I've taken a hit financially. I don't think you can sack. I know, I know you can't. But no. But what I'm saying to them is, you know what? Why don't we? This is in the real world. An honest conversation. What I would say is, guys, we've all taken a hit this year. Really, come on. What the government should be saying is, no one really has holiday accruement on furlough. That would be the fair thing to do because it's an unfair burden on the business. What 12 percent on top. So what we should be, staff should be saying, if you're on furlough, you're lucky you got a job. I know it's a horrible thing to say, but you're lucky you've got a job, and that's where I'd like it to be, because mm-hmm. I just think it's unfair. You, you, no wonder they're going to loot people. Yeah, but they haven't sacked. been able to go on holiday, Heath. Oh, Ed, they've got a job. They have a job. Massive. Not many people have jobs, Ed. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I haven't, I haven't got on holiday. Well, 95% of people have, technically, when you look at the unemployment rate, but I, I your joke. points were well, I mean, there's no automatic right to, the, to, to going on holiday. I mean, if you're off work, you're off work. That, to me, that's a holiday. But, yeah, but uh, that's what it should be, though. Why are yeah. we curing holiday? This is... My God, when we become a socialist government? Like, fuck. So what what are you going to do? We're going to book are you doing to San Sebastian the minute we reopen. I'll <laughs> <laughs> have a lovely old time. <laughs> Leave them to no, so what, yeah. you, what you can do, I don't know how many operators know this, you, what you can do is you can use furlough money to pay 80% of the holidays for those on furlough. Cost you 20%, right. but we'll pay everybody off. They'll all get their money. We've done it once I mean, already. We're used yeah. to paying people off. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've done it once already. We'll do it again, and we'll get all the holidays up to date. If you can afford this, it's a great way to do it. We'll go into it's the going new. It's going to cost you twenty percent. Yeah, it's going to cost yeah. you. It's a lot of money, but it yeah. gets it done. I think. I think the Lockhart. We've done one run already. We'll do another one. It's going to cost us six grand. The Red Line. It's going to cost us eleven grand. The Windlock will just burn down, uh, <laughs> and the Anchor. Yeah, there'll be some lightning. There'll be a lightning storm. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll pay. We'll basically pay oh, the please holiday. Please don't let me hear this again in court. Now <laughs> <laughs> so we'll pay the holiday I up to date. We'll pay it up to date, and then we'll reopen, and no one will be owed holiday. That's what we're gonna. I think there's gonna be there's gonna be a bit of a sit down with the guys when they come back. I I was gonna say. I mean, that's you 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 can do that, but surely you have to get agreement from your staff to do that, no? Oh no, no, you can pay the holiday out without their agreement. So you you can just say, "Sorry, guys, you're not agreeing any holiday." Here's here's a watch of cash. You can pay, and and honestly, they can't complain. And and honestly, right now, because they're only getting eighty percent, they're sitting home watching Netflix. When we open, they want they've got bills to pay. So Other streaming services yeah, the, are this, available. This edition's brought to you by Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> it's this go-to thing, isn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Well, but Amazon all... Prime, Disney Plus, Disney Plus. What are you five? <laughs> <laughs> Apple TV head. Oh, you're I've been quite enjoying the Mandalorian. No, no, it's, that's not. It's is, a, that, is, it, that, is it? Is it? Yeah, yeah. it's on Disney Plus. It's quite. It's all right. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But the one if you watch One Division, that's a bit better. Anyway, we digress before yeah, we start. Who's Mandalorian's assistant? It, it, stop she, it. She, stop she, it. She was an ex- WWE yeah, wrestler. wrestler yeah, yeah. Yeah. Holiday. Holiday agreement. So, I mean, so you've done that. Yep. Everyone's happy. 
you're going to come back in whenever we're allowed to reopen and you're not going to be presented with lots of holiday rides. I think, I think, I know, I think the staff have worked will be chopping at the bit for a holiday and there'll be their right almost in their minds to it but I think so have you paid their holiday as well the ones who are actually no working? the ones who are working right now I haven't you haven't so they're uh, accruing but I'd rather them go on holiday so they should they'd be knackered yeah Matus my head chef at the red he's he's broken but I'd so rather he would so keep making and making mm. yeah he's, he's got a very carpal oh, syndrome from making them <laughs> um, but I think yeah you want to look oh, I don't know man it's a, it's a tough one isn't it it's a tough one I think you've you're never going to make everybody happy, but I just think, like, at the end of the day, we want to be open and we want a business at we the end want, of it. We want to be open for a, a period of time afterwards just to re, to catch up, just to... Mm. You want to bring the team back the together, way. don't you? you want well, we will in, do. You want them yeah. in one place. You don't for necessarily a, for want For a sustained people. period of time, too, yeah. you know what I mean? Well, you don't want people to come back and straight off to holidays. But as he said, you know, if it's the, the guys that work through them, you know, but I think the ones, have a great time. I, I think, you know, if you can open, I think it's really important because I think not only you forget... It's just having people in the building working who, who you know, work in their skill set all the time. Mm. Chefs working. They don't want to come back from holiday. Oh, I don't remember how to do that. I can't remember doing that. Mm. And they're just, they're lazy. So they're, they're, their body's always moving. I see with my guys now. The ones who are working are working. So mm. I know when we reopen, we'll, we'll open strong. Mm. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard being closed. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. No holidays for your staff then. No, but we're definitely going somewhere. Oh, man, San Sebastian. See you later. I'm <laughs> it's called double standards in case hey, you're thinking. Hey, Sarah, that. by the way, we booked flights. We're going in July. Five days. Oh, no, doesn't no, no, know no. yet. She we, doesn't know we've yet. We've already established that his wife does not listen to That's the great. And, and Sophia, um, I know you don't listen to this podcast, but we're going to San Sebastian. Not uh, you and me. <laughs> it's me and James. <laughs> <laughs> On that note... You are listening to the Lock In Podcast, and we have reached almost the end of uh, this week's episode. So, you'll be delighted um, to hear. I thought it'd been quite just one of those kind of. Uh, so, I like to think of it as a bit of a shit sandwich, this one. It's sort of, well, there's a bit of crap, some nice, interesting bits in the middle, and a bit more crap. Is that? Well, like a shit crap. Well, it could be a shit crap, couldn't it? It's. Uh, He's not rising to this, is he? No, he's not rising to it. Let's move on from the crap jokes. Um, so, we're almost out of time. Um, we've been talking about people. Let's, as, as ever, we try and end on a slightly more uh, uh, humorous, upbeat note because it's all serious, the rest of the thing. Um, let's have a look. Let's, what's what's uh, worst ever jobs, worst ever bosses? Let's. Uh, Let's go there, shall we? Let's go not? there. So, James, come on, you're you're already smirking. Oh, well, as you know, um, Ed, I used to work for uh, your employers, no, William no, Reed. No, no, and no. Let's, um, let's move on from this one. That let's, was, uh, uh, <laughs> and that was the highlight of my career. So, in contrast, in stark contrast, that my worst ever job, I was between jobs, um, which has happened a few times in my life. I parked cars at Gatwick <laughs> Airport. Um, about now, yeah, to be honest, I'd do it again. And um, yeah, the job was to, to pick up people would arrive with their cars to go on holiday, and you'd pick the car and you'd go and park it, and then they'd come around the bus, you'd jump in the bus and take it back. But what really happened was, and I worked this out, that any good cars were raced up and down between the north and south terminal on the dual carriageway, CDs were oh, stolen, that's, that's change was is. taken. So, in my it was honestly, and I said to the guys, like, why don't we, why don't we, um, when people come back, rather than just telling them where they're going to go and get the car, we'll bring it back round, we might get a tip. So I was always working, trying to work the angle. No one was really having any of it because they were too busy stealing money out of the cars and CDs. Um, where was this? At Gatwick, yeah. 
So I try to sell it to a production company. You what happened to your car, didn't you? No, but I, I never... I, I try to sell it to a production company. Mm. I'll do an inside kind of McIntyre job, and I do the whole thing. Didn't hear back. Didn't work, no. No. Yeah. But I it was kind that. of... It was, yeah, I tried, you know? But that was probably my worst job, I think. I mean, were you, were you one of these guys that, that would take the car and then park it in a, a field in the middle of nowhere? No, it was on a big compound, so it was kind oh, of fairly okay. close. Um, Not in the streets of Crawley around. No, but it goes on, doesn't it? <laughs> Apparently, yeah, it goes does. on. So I very much, every time I've um, I've done any of that stuff, I've always taken a picture of my mileometer and let them see I'm taking a picture of my mileometer. My, my, you can't. That's <laughs> easy for you to say. How many miles I've done? <laughs> <laughs> Go on then, Heath, worst job. Um, I came to this country in 1993. And we've regretted and, it ever since. Yep, and I got off the boat and I got a job um, working for a cleaning company. So the first job they gave me was going to clean a, a pub that was about to open. And I went up to this pub that was about to open. I had to clean it before the opening. I cleaned it really well and left, and that was it. And I was like, shit, that was a shit job. 20-odd years later, I was in Highgate looking at the red line and some to buy. And I walked into the Witherspoons and I went, God, I've been here before. And it was a JU Witherspoons. And I, my, my, one of my first jobs in this country was cleaning the toilets and <laughs> the brass railings and shit on that pub before it opened. Oh. That was it'd, always It'd be shit. great to think you've moved on. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still there! <laughs> I think I've been to that Witherspoons as well. And, um, and you, Ed? Um, well, he's still, oh, he's still oh, there! Oh, <laughs> Oddly enough, yeah, cleaning. No, I, um, yeah, I had a, I did a stint um, temping with uh, with an agency for a while, and I worked in a soap factory. I worked in all these soap I mean, factory. Soap factory. I mean, it, it, I tell you what, the smell of clean, clean living guy to this day brings back. Is that where you don't traumatic you don't shower flashbacks? It probably is yeah. why I don't shower. Yeah, uh, should have worked in a chocolate point. factory. Thanks, thanks for that. <laughs> But yeah, that was that was pretty grim. But actually, the one one I do remember was actually being uh, employed for a day, uh, shifting office furniture in a solicitor's firm. And <laughs> to you, and to me. To me. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember this, this guy was being moved and he was the big boss and they were all very excited because they decorated his office beautifully and they'd all set it up and it was wonderful and we were tasked with getting the desk in and, and his chair and his filing cabinets and all this and then fi the final thing was basically this big picture that they wanted us to hang on the wall and uh, I was working with another guy who wasn't that bright and we were sort of carrying this picture between so us you got, got well then <laughs> <laughs> he, he was my best man uh, uh, no. Um, <laughs> we're carrying this picture in and somehow or other I blame him he probably blames me we managed to turn and gouge a huge chunk out of the wall of this freshly decorated office so a big stripe so wallpaper gouged out and all the rest of it um, managed to get the picture up but we couldn't cover the gouge with the picture so we just sort of moved the desk chair over the gouge on the wall left and went home for the day and um, oddly enough I was never asked back by that temp agency. So, Don't. So that was a pretty shit job. The soap factory probably was pinnacle of, of lowness, but uh, yeah. Well, at least you had a clean job. <sighs> I remember doing. Oh. I was going to say clean slate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I had a similar thing. I was, um, I was a trainee electrician when I was eighteen or something. I was working up in London at the Nigerian High Commission in Fleet Street, I think it was. As we were leaving the job, all done, I had a pair of ladders on my uh, on my shoulder and someone called my name as I turned round. I dragged the top of the ladder without any rubber on it and I dragged it right across a double walnut door <laughs> with a gouge in it. 
and I lost all the colour of my face and the guy I was working with another electrician just went blame the plumbers we always blame the plumbers <laughs> we just bug it off so um, yeah, oh, that was, was going to be some picture of the Queen or something no, no, no just gash the Queen's head we did another bank in Fleet Street once not like that but um, and we were down the cellar and I was like the apprentice and it was dark dark like no, you can't see Hannibal. You're pretty your shit at what you do. Everything you? I do. <laughs> everything. Yeah, I do. No, no, what I'm not what I do. Everything I do. He's he's been let go from many jobs. We stopped oh, this. We found a dead body down there, like I'm, in the I'm, cellar. You did like, not. Yeah, we did. Yeah, did from dead body in the cellar. Yeah, it's just got to go one extra, hasn't it? It's always one. Oh, oh no, no, it was two. De- two dead bodies. <laughs> <laughs> well, he found three. Tenerife, salvage. It's never a A dead body. A dead body. Oh, a dead it was body it was a skeleton at a school or something. Well, that's where dead bodies are. They even the end they come skeletons. <laughs> so, uh, uh, what, what was this dead body? I was going to say, what was this dead body doing? But uh, <laughs> very, I mean, very still. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> oh shit! Let's just. Wasn't stop. a great conversation. Let's just stop. Jesus. It's been a great, great episode, actually. It's been a good episode, yes. OK, I think we'll draw it there. We won't even get on to worse bosses, because that's a minefield. I, I, that I, I think they'd ask for holiday mind. after furlough. Uh, they probably will, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, fantastic. OK, well, that is all we've got time for in this week's episode of the podcast. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to like and share on social. Subscribe using all the usual channels. Please do drop us a line. Let us know what you think. Any questions you want us or topics you want us to discover or talk about, then please uh, do drop me a line. We will be back next week with more thoughts and chat on the pub and bar scene. So until then, do stay safe.